<laughs> Look what you got yourself into now. Welcome to hell. Ain't nothing sweet about this place, man. You can't call for your mother here because she can't hear you. Your daddy can't hear you. We gon' flip the kill switch on yeah. Welcome to hell, shit is hot, but it's a cold world. Can't trust the soul, next thing you know they got your old girl. <laughs> Police killing all the blacks and browns That's why we unify, strap ready to back them down We gentrify, but it's crack around Peter and Molly getting smacked down around in the background Welcome to hell where the devil is the mayor Either metal or prayer gonna get you out of there Total chaos, ain't no jobs where I'm from Kill switch, activated, it's a problem where I'm from Can't get a good education, so fuck it, we buying guns We ain't bringing them in, who the fuck we getting them from? Fuck you if you ain't feeling the struggle That he got a muzzle, fuck you and all the people that brung you Spray at your huddle for rebuttals You and your bitch can cuddle in blood puddles For real, what the deal? Welcome to episode 71 of We Going In Presents, where I'm joined by Bad Seed, who made his first appearance on the podcast on episode 24. Today we talk about his incredible new album, Kill Switch, a mind-bending saga about what happens to a boy, Malik, who finds a comic book. Bad Seed expertly crafts the story of Malik over the soulful and gritty production of Team Demo, the all-star production crew behind hits like 50's Crime Wave and upcoming projects like an album with YSP. After the interview, make sure you cop Kill Switch, available only on Bad Seed's Bandcamp, and follow my link tree to check out my books on Amazon. Bad Seed, thanks for joining us. Episode 71 of We Going In Presents. First off, condolences. You know, losing Vice Versus of EO Dub is a huge loss. And I know you're also losing people to coronavirus. So first off, you know, just condolences on your losses and, and how are you doing? Mm. I've, been, I've been holding it down. Um... You know, again, uh, rest in peace to, to Vice Versus and, and rest in peace to, to my man Don Solo. Um, as I understand, Vice Versus didn't pass away from the coronavirus. That was asthma, had, right? Yeah, he had asthma. So, you know, we just want, want, want to make sure that's clear to the people. But, you know, rest in peace to, to both of them. You know, they, they were both really good brothers. So, you know. But I'm I'm good, man. I'm holding it down. How are you? You you good? Doing good, doing good. Figuring out this homeschool thing, and and all that, which I'm sure you're doing too, right? Yeah, right, right. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's rough. It's, it's just everything's different. Everything's different now. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, 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 this is life. This is life now, right? How are you feeling too? Like as far as like looking at your daughter's education and also looking at having enough time to really get done what you need to get done to take care of your family. I mean, I, I, I don't, I think all of it could get done. You know, all of it could get done. It's 24 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Especially since everything's pretty contained now. So I think more could get done. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? To be, to be honest. That's just me, though. <laughs> you know, I'm weird like that. No doubt. And what do you think, you know, when you look back on Vice Versus and his contributions to hip-hop and, and what EO Dub, what he did with EO Dub, and, because, I mean, every event I've been to that end of the week through was just packed right. with, you know, incredible skill and talent and just an overall just this really positive energy. And, like, you get to see that everybody involved with EO Dub really, really loves hip-hop and the art of emceeing. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, they they've been doing it. They was doing it for a really, really, really long time. And um, I know it, 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 it's 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 really tough when you see people who were pillars in in this thing that we're doing. You know, uh, when we lose people like that, because it, it's almost like a piece of what we're doing goes. That's why we got to do everything we can to continue what they were doing. You know, like I hope the brothers over at EO Dub, they continue it and that it goes even bigger, you know, um, in, in the whole leg for the legacy for, for, for Vice, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad, man. It's really sad. I, you know, I remember from way back in the days when they was doing it, when they first really started doing it, you know, rest in peace, PH, you know, PH used to rock with them really hard with that. You know, it's just it's tough, man. It's real tough. No, no doubt, and especially in, in times like this, when you know, even going to funerals is considered, you know, like they're just not happening. And if they are, it's you know, close, you know, very closed off. So you don't really get that chance right. to say goodbye right now either, which I think is really hard. Right, right. That's that's the worst. That's the worst part. You know, um, it's it's terrible. It's just really terrible. Uh, We've never seen anything like this in our time, and um, it sucks that we're seeing it, and it sucks that the kids are seeing it, too. It just sucks, because also there's a really big question mark, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next week holds. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's really tough. It's, 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 it's tough. I think the question mark is what makes it so tough. You know, if we knew enough, then we will be able to deal with it better. And every day it's like the target moves and depend, you know, if you watch, you know, regular news, you get, you get up to date information. And then if you're watching Fox news, you get this fantasy spin on whatever they want you to believe. So you, it's like, it's really been politicized where a lot of people are working off of misinformation and really dangerous type behaviors. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy, but you know, I, I think it's a, it, it's it's still it's kind of a dope time because you start to see a lot of real creative things happening, you know, while people are home, um, you know, with the um, you know, with the battles and then um, the DJing and then um, you know, just 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 art, more art. You know, there's a lot of artists that that have situations like they have um. Um, you know, studios at home and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it just makes for a good situation. You know, you can, you can make good out of it and, and, and be creative and be productive, you know. And I saw one of your posts that got um, a lot of people really agree with you. Some people didn't, which, you know, is, is how the Internet goes. But talking about some of these celebrity events and how they only go out of the way almost to acknowledge, like, other celebrities that enter the room and not the common person who's joining there and, and, and is a part of it. You talked about how this virus is really a great equalizer where it doesn't matter how many followers you have or what your resume looks like. We're all the same and we're all basically fighting the same virus at the same time. Right, 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 right. It's the truth. It's, it's, that, that, that felt like, you know, back in the days, <clears throat> You know, when I had uh, my record deal, it was like around 2000. I used to go to a, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to go to a lot of 
those industry parties, you know, those quote unquote industry parties, the, the places that you want to be, you know, but mostly you want to be there because these are people that, that you've seen on TV and stuff prior to, to you getting whatever situation you have and you're standing around them and you're partying with them. And you start to see the the smoke and mirrors, you start to see the elitism, the separatism. You, you see all of that when you stand next to them and you see how they, they don't really pay you any attention. Like you're just there. They, you know, they say what's up to each other and they're really clicky and, you know, it's like mean girls, like you can't sit with us and stuff like that. Um, that's what that that thing reminded me of. You know, I, I wasn't knocking it. I was just saying that it, it reminded me. It gave me the vibe of, of that. You know, because <clears throat> I saw it. I saw it with, with my own two eyes. It was it was. You know, fans were in there, and I'm I'm, I'm referring to the D Nice one. You know, um, fans were in there, and you know, this was a monumental thing because this was something new that nobody ever saw, and. You know, for the first time, somebody was in there and Kelly Rowland's in there at the same time. And we're all in there at the same time, you, you know, um, all on the same level, quarantined and affected and losing people and all of this. Right. And I'm seeing people who are not celebrities, like somebody trying to holler, say hey to Kelly Rowland or somebody trying to say what's up to Jada Kiss or somebody trying to. And they wasn't saying nothing back. They was only talking to blue checks, but talking to blue checks. It was funny. It, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was just an observation. You know, it was just something I saw and, and noticed. And do you feel like right now, are you kind of making a lot more progress on other projects that you'd always wanted to get done? Like, do you feel like you're able to, to use the, the time that we all have right now really well? Yeah, um, my, I think my only issue is that I don't have uh, I don't have a studio in, in in my house, you know. So luckily, there's a lot of things that I've already recorded that are that are being mixed and mastered and put together. Like there's there's two projects that are done really that are being mixed and mastered right now. It's a project with Rec, Rec Real and a project with DJ AUT that's pretty much done. Oh yeah, the the well, the Jux Diamonds one we we decided to make an album. But we're gonna take our time on that. But you know, we, we, we finished up Kill Switch, Kill Switches and, and and the response on that's been pretty good. So, you know, I can't I can't really I can't complain. It's good. No, it's a great concept, you know, so so definitely this is why we're doing the interview, you know, talk about Kill Switch. It's a concept that you created where um, a boy finds this comic book and the comic book or the or a book, right? And the book takes over this kid's life and, and really has this tremendous impact on him. Like, can you talk about that concept and how you came up with it? Um, honestly, what happened was um, I start I started on that project while I was working on. Um, the Biggs and Wayne project, the joint with Naps and Dread, like that's when that's when I actually started it. Like, well, just started doing songs. I didn't know what direction I wanted to go with the team demo joint. I just was recording songs, you know. Um, I had picked picked beats out. I knew we was going to do an album. 
I just didn't know what we were going to do yet. I just was kind of filling them out. Um, I got to a point where I had about maybe four songs, four or five songs, and I realized I was like, hey, these songs are all really, really aggressive. And, and you know, I'm, I can't I can't do whole projects and the project doesn't have a theme to it. It has to have some sort of theme to it. So I, I realized it was real aggressive and, and I said, okay, how can I make this into something? And that's when, you know, just, just kind of, dwelling and thinking and, and coming up with things, um, shooting a couple ideas around. I came up with the idea of it being uh, a comic book and, and, um, does art imitate life? Um, that, that's the thing, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of people trip out about music and what music does. Like if they hear foul lyrics and violent lyrics, they clutch their pearls, but these are the same people that will watch Goodfellas and will watch Nightmare on Elm Street and, and, and things of that nature where the body count is crazy. These are just stories. They're, they're just, um, you know, and, and that's that's what I wanted to show with this project. Like, it's, it's you know, it's just like a movie. Well, it, it's no different from training day <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying it, it's no different it's just an audio form and um you know plus that plus you know just just the creative aspect of it i feel like there's a void in um in music not even just hip-hop but there's a void in music with conceptual projects i feel like people will do one and then that's it. Like, I, I want that to be my, my staple, my mantra. Like, you know, every time I drop something, you know, it's going to be a concept or it's going to have some sort of theme to it, you know, so. Right. That's, yeah, that's how that came about. And that's long been, you know, I'm glad you're tackling that too, because I mean, like you say, I mean, it's been a long time story that a lot of anti hip hop critics have always said is, you know, what's the, what is the music doing to kids what's and and we've both been around you know especially like in the era of like bill o'reilly and a lot of conservative politicians talking about that right. so how have you grappled with that throughout your career i mean is that something that you've seen um over the years and you felt like it was this is a great opportunity to kind of address that absolutely it's always been like that it's always been been the tug of war it's just interesting how how somebody could sit and watch chucky kill 500 people but be upset at a griselda record you you know what i mean like it, it doesn't it doesn't compute to me it's all art whether it's real or not or if it's based off of reality or whatever like you know i'm pretty sure when rob zombie sits down and, and writes his films you know these are based off of either things he's heard or maybe even seen you know, a lot of these writers, you, you know, they're drawing from somewhere, you know. Um, I just think people need to stop taking everything as so face value and, and start looking at the beauty in it, um, you know, creatively and and go back to that. Go back to to um, putting that out into the marketplace. I think that it's, it's, it's just that people are so used to not having that in the marketplace, too. So it sounds foreign when you hear it, like, it's like, oh shit, 
Um, where's this coming from? People are more used to just hearing projects with a bunch of songs on it. And, you know, that's the, that's the album. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Do you feel an intro on there, a couple features, and that's it, you know? Do you feel like folks have been responsive to the concept album and really taking taking in Kill Switch as a whole and not, you know, piecemeal? Yeah. Uh, yo, to be honest with you, I'm tripping at the response that Kill Switch has got. You know, I would have never imagined. Um, it's a success to me, you, you know. Um, I, I, I didn't think people would would get it or ride with it you know especially when you're in a marketplace where the attention spans are real short you got to test it and you know this is i kind of tested it with the bigs and wayne shit and they slept they slept on it you know so i didn't really know what to expect with this and um it's been it's been pretty good shout to everybody that was a part of it of course shout to team demo you know their 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 production's crazy um Shout out to all the features. They they definitely added to the story. And it, it, it all came out exactly how I saw it in my head. All of it. That's amazing. And how did you work with Team Demo? Like, how did this come about? And then once you guys decided we're going to do this, how did you guys bring Kill Switch to, you know, to life? It's funny. I was on, I was in a, in a group on Facebook, a hip hop group. And um, I was seeing Jay a lot. Like, we, we would chop it up a lot. And, you know, they said that they did beats or whatever. He did beats. He was in the team. You know, he had a crew. They did beats. Um, I didn't know that they did my favorite song by 50 Cent. I didn't know that at first, you know, that we was already chopping it up. And I found out that they did that record, and it just ignited something in me. You know, we definitely had to work. They did Crime Wave. 50 and um you know it, it was on and pop from there plus you know we, we we just hit it off we just hit it off as being cool and and it, it was easy it, it was real easy from there and even that idea like you know bad seed versus team demo what what do you how do you feel like that added another dimension to the kill switch story that that was another thing, like like creatively, that it's a metaphor for me versus them is my raps, my bars versus their beats. Like like it, it's 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 some real it's some real hip hop shit. You know what I mean? If you really break it down, like I feel like their beats are so hard and so fire, everybody can't fuck with them like that you know what i'm saying that's just how i feel and i feel like the same with my bars so i feel like the only person that i could really battle and the only person that them beats could really battle is me and me and the beats you you know what i mean so <laughs> that that's just what that was it's just it's really me versus their beats that that's what that aesthetic was so they represent that that little easter egg in there you know no, that, that's awesome. And, you know, looking at the, the project, you know, PH, you have down as the executive producer, which I know you've done in the past as well. You know, how does that influence you and impact the work, you know, just thinking about PH and, and everything that you 
have taken away from, you know, being friends and, and, and working together? Um, pH, <laughs> pH is a big influence still. Cause I, this I'm doing it because I have, you know, just even the tenacity and, you know, working with people and helping other people and stuff like these are all things that, that he was about. So, you know, I try to incorporate him. I incorporated a lot. Everything I do, he's executive producing. So, like, when I do a project with somebody, I let them know from the beginning, look, we're not, you know, in order for us to do this project, I need PH to, it needs to list that PH is executive producing this project from the sky. So, you know, that's part of it. That's just a way to continue him, you know, continue his, his legacy. Right. No, I think that's great. And I know that as you were finishing up the project, I mean, you were getting some features right as New York was getting ready to go on lockdown because, you know, Penn was recording his verse with Jay Ronan, like right before everything, you know, kind of got shut down and folks were already social distancing. You know, well, how did that deadline and everything going on that was leading up? Because your deadline was right around the time that, you know, coronavirus really started hitting hard. What was that like for yeah. you? That was tough because um, I almost had to push everything back again. There was a couple songs that, that I was supposed to do that I didn't get to do um, that was going to be on the album that I didn't get to do because of that. I couldn't get in nowhere to record them. So um, we kind of had to settle. I don't want to say settle because everything worked out the way it did. Everything was good, but there was a couple more records that was supposed to be on there that we didn't do. Is it been kind of a challenge to promoting Kill Switch with not being able to travel or or go to go into like radio stations for interviews and freestyles? I mean, has there been any challenges with promoting Kill Switch? No, not at all. I mean, it's, been, it's actually been easier because everybody's attention span is is. <laughs> in their phone so it's been easier nobody's really running around like you know they can digest things a little better so you know i think the timing is great that's awesome now when you when you look at you release it on bandcamp and it's not up on spotify or any of the other digital streaming sites what's the advantage and what's the thinking behind going to bandcamp first um, and do you plan to put it out on all the digital streaming platforms? Well, there's a couple of advantages. A, just to see who who's really rocking with me. You know, a lot of times people say, hey, yeah, I support you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I get to really see. Like, it's, it's, it's a real tracking that I can see. I can see your email. I can see. I can see the demographics clear. And um, I also build mailing lists from that, you know, where I can send out offers and contests and ideas and things like that to, to my specific base. Plus, you know, I get my money on the, on the front end, you know, rather than that, that back end with the streaming, you know, I am going to do the dropping on streaming, but that'll be uh, May 4th, May 4th. It'll be on all the streaming. No doubt. And another question just about how you put Kill Switch together, you know, it really deals with this idea of good versus evil. And Malik is constantly portrayed as, you know, a quote, a good kid. You know, how did you think about when, when you talk about how you describe a kid like Malik, 
the way that society describes, you know, quote, good people or good kids from, quote, bad kids? Well, look, just like you said, it's, it's subjective. Um, good kid could mean, could fall under the bracket of, okay, um, his parents are strict. He, uh, you know, in creating that character, you got to think, okay, his parents are strict. Um, his, he, he doesn't have his dad in this household. His father passed away. So his mom is very strict on him. He says it in the intro. He says, she's a good mom. She's tough on me, but she's a good mom, you know? So we're, we're basically implying that he's good in the sense of he gets everything that he could possibly want. He's sheltered, but he's, he's, uh, he's intrigued. He's intrigued by that other side. And, you know, and, um, when he gets a taste of it, it's, um, it, it, it's the story that happens to a lot of people, you know, uh, think about it. You know, a lot of the people in the hood that turn out to be the killers and the, and the, and dope dealers and what have you, they was brought up right. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of their mamas will beat their ass. You understand what I'm saying? Like they, they went to church when they was young. They, you know, they know right from wrong. It just was what they was around. Like they might've got caught up in the life going to school. You know, once you leave the nest, when your kids leave the nest, you don't know what they getting into. So now that's the environment that you're sending them into, you know, and you got to hope that the teaching that you give them is going to stand firm and that they, you know, when they get, it's tough. You know, especially in the in the city, it's tough. And you know, we were basically just just kind of shining a little light on that. Like it's it's tough. You know, you got kids that are that are good, and a lot of times, even take take for instance, think about the West Coast, right? There's people in the West Coast that might not even be built like that, but because they're born on a certain block in a certain hood they are by affiliation that hood or they are a part of that gang. You know what I'm saying? They have to rise for that gang because that's where they was born. You you know what I'm saying? It's tough. It's tough. You know, but in this case, Malik was intrigued by it. He walked towards it. He wanted it, you know, so, which is the case with a lot of people. I know, I know a lot of people who, got both parents in the household right now and they in jail you understand what i'm saying i think you do a great job too showing those challenges but also telling the story from a very non-judgmental perspective yeah like you know i, I can't i can't judge it you know i can't judge it at all because i, I grew i know malik i am malik <laughs> you, you you understand like how many of us are malik you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's the truth. You know, uh, <laughs> like I think that's what makes it so relatable to to a lot of us is that you know we we are Malik. We are. You know, you're young. You're you're you're, you're intrigued by by what goes on outside. You see this, that, and the third going on. You're intrigued. You want it. You know. How far you go depends on, you know, how far you go. But there has to be some sort of buffer there to stop it. No, and I, th I think you did a great job showing that, telling that story and really, and really making it, 
you know, not just incredible music, but an incredible message to go along with it. So I think you really did a great job pulling that off. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. And, you know, uh, last question on the process of Kill Switch, but like, as you crafted the songs, I mean, what was that creative process like? You know, did you map out the whole story first? Or did you write the songs kind of as they came to you and you fit them in as they as they came? Or did you did you kind of start at the beginning and just go through the whole story? Like how did how did that whole kill switch project, the process really come together? Nah, like I said, I was already like maybe four songs in.